failure to communicate. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. Tough, unique, bad, bold, and sassy. 60% of the time, it works every time. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Take the pain. Take the pain! You ever seen a grown man naked? Gentlemen, you can't fight in here. This is the war room. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Today, Junior? It's too late to turn back now. It's the Brian Hanks Show. Indeed it is, John. Indeed it is. Woohoo! It's Friday. It's Friday. Man, I'm starting out on the wrong note. Today is Monday. It's Monday, September the 18th in the year of our Lord 2023. <coughs> Hello, live and on tape from beautiful Whitehall Drive in lovely, may I say sexy, Kinston, North Carolina. Again, it's Monday, September the 18th in the year of our Lord 2023. This is episode 931 of the Brian Hanks Show presented by Lenore Community College. My co-hosts, John Dawson and Jonathan Massey, you know them, you love them. They'll be joining me at the end of the second hour today for the birthday game. We've got another great show for you today. Joining us in less than 20 minutes on our Spence Automotive guest line, it's our regular Monday guest. He's the dean of ENC Sports Talk hosts. He's also the host of The Drive with Mark Panicelli. Well, that kind of gives it away, doesn't it? It's Mark Panicelli of 252 ESPN. We're going to be catching up with him. Uh, about a lot of stuff. Let me tell you something. That man made a prediction. You know, we do a home and home. He comes on my show on Monday mornings. I go on his show on Wednesday afternoons uh, every week. And uh, what we do on his show is we make picks. I'm telling you something. He did a, I don't even know how he did it. I can't wait to talk to him. And I'm telling you, all my Washington commander, all my Washington commie fans, you will be very happy. He picked uh, the commanders, not just to win the game this past, uh, Sunday or yesterday, uh, or not just to cover the spread. He picked uh, Washington to win the game. And I'm telling you when they were behind, I don't even know what it was 14 to nothing, whatever it was early on. Uh, he sent some message out to Paul and I, you know, kind of picking on himself, being, being a little self-deprecating and doggone if Washington didn't storm all the way back, go ahead by 11 points and then hold on to win the game there in the final uh, moments of the game too. And the only person I know on this planet, other than probably the guys that were in that Washington locker room was Mark Panicelli. I can't wait to talk to him about that. We're going to talk to him about ECU football. Yeah. Our pirates are now 0 three going into uh, Gardner Webb this uh, Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. Uh, we're going to talk some NASCAR with him. Uh, we're, we're down to the round of 12. And, yes, uh, America's driver, Joey Logano, has been knocked out. So I don't know if I have any reason to even watch the uh, <coughs> the rest of the NASCAR playoffs. But, uh, man, we've got a lot to talk to him about. I uh, can't wait. <coughs> I have not coughed all morning long. I start talking on here, and I start coughing again. I don't get it. But we'll talk to Mark Panicelli about all of that uh, is uh, here in uh, less than 20 minutes, probably about 15 minutes or so here on this morning's Brian Hanks show. And then uh, it is Monday morning quarterback time, so you know what we do. Our second hour is dedicated to talking to winners from Friday night, and we've got two really good ones. We've got Kinston's Ryan Diesel Gieselman. He'll be joining us uh, about five minutes to our second hour, and then, uh, man, how about Green Central? I wouldn't say shocking the world, but I tell you what, it's a pretty damn good win for the Rams uh, Friday night as they went into that game against North Pitt. Undefeated North Pitt as uh, pretty big underdogs in that game. I can tell you this, and I'll, I'll tell Coach Wilson this, he'll, be, he, he'll, uh, he'll know I'm telling him the truth. We did not know, not one of us. Of us pickers, uh, Friday night uh, between myself, Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith, uh, Paul Whittington, Jason Bryant, Keith Spence, none of us uh, picked Green Central to win that game. And doggone if they didn't turn around and win it. So congratulations to him. He likes coming on on uh, Monday mornings because that means he won Friday night. We can't wait to have him on here. So looking forward to that. So in our second hour on Monday morning quarterback, hour two, 
Kenson's, Ryan Diesel, Giesman. Theirs was a good game. That was our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week this past Friday night over Viking Field. And uh, a pretty good win for them, 18-6 uh, to six for uh, the Vikings over South Lenore. But some props to South Lenore, too. Uh, I'm telling you something. That was as well executed and well played a game uh as i've seen in a long time yeah the uh <laughs> we've talked about it a couple of times here on the show and we'll definitely talk to uh, diesel about it in the second hour but uh the the prediction that i made before the season that uh that south nor would upset kenson or would beat kenson for the first time since 2005 let me tell you something the vikings uh football team they took that a little bit serious uh i guess there were some posters made Jason Bryant had told me about him, but you know how Jason is. I thought he was just, you know, blowing smoke or whatever. And doggone if he wasn't right. And, uh, evidently I didn't even notice this during the game. Nobody pointed out to me until after the game, but, uh, every time that, uh, the, uh, Vikings scored, which was three times during the game, I guess they pointed up at the score at the, uh, not the scoreboard up at the press box at, uh, at yours truly. So, you know what? I'm happy that I was able to motivate the uh, the Kenson Vikings to a victory uh, Friday night. So congratulations to them. But still, congratulations. Will Harrell had a hell of a game plan going in, and he he was absolutely right. He said uh, Coach Smith would be happy with it, and uh, they did. They uh, went back to uh, wing T, a little single wing of uh, offense action there, and uh, they threw the ball some. I don't think they completed any passes. They threw the ball some, but mostly it was just a, a very – uh, ball control, offensive control game. In fact, <clears throat> they're down 12 to nothing at halftime. South Nor is. They had the ball to start the second half. They held the ball for 10 minutes and one second to start the uh, to start the second half. They didn't score, but they took the ball from, uh, I don't know, from basically the thir- their 30 to the 25 of Kenson and somehow held onto the ball for 10 minutes. It was, it was very impressive. Spence said that he had only seen one – uh, drive longer than that in all the years that he to open a second half and all the years that he's been covering football for, so <coughs> for Spence to say that and to see that that was pretty impressive but uh, still it was a good game 18 to 6 was the final of that and again uh, what that means is our two coaches that we'll be talking to uh, this morning uh, in our second hour uh, like I said about five minutes into our second hour will be Ryan Diesel Giesman then Jay Wilson about 20 minutes into the second hour. So, uh, man, we're going to have a lot of fun. Again, Mark Panicelli here the first hour. Diesel and Jay Wilson in our second hour. We're going to have a lot of fun there. Oh, man, so much went on this weekend. Uh, let, let's catch you up with uh, what happened Friday night. We just told you a little bit about uh, Green, about Kenston and Green Central. But that Kenston game, 18-6 to over South Lenore. The Vikings won for the 18th straight time over South Lenore. Uh, they now lead the overall series 20 to 1 overall. A good win. Good win for the Vikings uh, in that uh, this past Friday night. Green Central was 1 and 3 <clears throat> going into uh, going into Friday night. And uh, like I said, I, I, outside of Jay Wilson and his guys and his Rams locker room, there was nobody picking Green Central to beat an undefeated North Pitt team who was just coming off a win in Edenton uh, this uh, the previous Friday night, 4-0. and And then what did the Rams do? They snapped their own three-game losing streak. They beat the Panthers for the second year in a row. They've now beat North Pitt six of the last seven years, so congratulations. Can't wait to talk to uh, Jay Wilson about that in our second hour. Tough loss for uh, the Patriots of Parrot Academy. They traveled up to Rocky Mount Academy and uh, took on the Eagles up there. I think Rocky Mount Academy is the Eagles, whatever they are. They beat Parrot Academy pretty bad, uh, 52-14. to 14. Rocky Mount Academy won that. It snapped a two-game winning streak uh, for the Patriots. They are now 2-2 two and two overall. And as we talked to uh, Matt Beeman in our Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show Friday night, it was crazy just looking at this series history. Uh, it's now tied, uh, they, they first played in 1972. Okay. Uh, they played from 72 to 79, then 20, uh, 2004 to 2019. And then, uh, these past three years, 21 through 23. In fact, the only time they didn't play. Yes. Thank you. The hated Eagles, <laughs> Keith Spence. Thank you for a chiming in there. The Eagles of Rocky Mount Academy. I couldn't remember. There's one of them. I think it's Rocky Mount faith. It's also the Patriots. If I remember correctly. 
Uh, Spence, help me out with that one. But, uh, but yes, the Eagles of uh, the hated Eagles. You heard, if you listen to our pregame show, I, I love Matt. Thank you, Spence. I appreciate it, man. Uh, you heard Matt Beeman talk about Rocky Mount Academy and I love it, man. He said, listen, they don't like them that the Patriot, that Parrot Academy does not like Rocky Mount Academy. Rocky Mount Academy does not like Parrot Academy. And, uh, you know what? I like to hear that instead of just the coach speak, uh, especially when it's two teams that, you know, can't stand each other, but the coaches will still say, you know, something like, oh yeah, you know, they're, uh, you know, uh, they're a good opponent and all this, man, Matt Beeman did nothing and did none of that on uh, Friday night. He talked about how paired Academy, uh, doesn't like Rocky Mount. Rocky Mount doesn't like paired Academy. However, it did, uh, end up in a 52 to 14 loss for, uh, our Patriots. Uh, that, like I said, two game winning streak snap for the Patriots. They're now two and two the series, the overall series between these two programs now tied 16 to 16 to one. I, that is just crazy to me. They've played 33 times since 1972, and it's still all even. So, uh, man, heck of a game there. Uh, heck of a game for Rocky Mountain Academy. And <laughs> a little teaser, we're going to get to see Parrot Academy in the next two weeks as they will be taking on Cary Christian uh, this upcoming Friday night. It will be our Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week. We'll get to that here in a little bit. But uh, really looking forward. Haven't seen them yet. Haven't got to hang out in the uh, in the Hodges Field press box up there with Shane Albee yet, so looking forward to that. And uh, Keith Spence is going to be our color analyst this Friday night, too. Uh, Coach Jimmy Smith is uh, not going to be in town. He's actually headed up to God's country, Charlottesville, Virginia, to watch his Wolfies take on the God-fearing Cavahoos of the University of Virginia. And so uh, what that means is it'll be uh, myself, uh, future Hall of Famer uh, Keith Spence and Jason Bryant. I don't know if Paul's going to be back yet. You know, uh, Paul had uh, his little bundle of joy, uh, what, eight days ago, nine days ago, and uh, little Munchkin is still uh, is still uh, in his early days, so I'm not sure we'll have, like I said, I, I'm pretty sure we're not going to have uh, uh, Paul Whittington. So it'll be myself and uh, – and, uh, and Keith Spence up in the press box. Jason Bryan will probably be there for a little bit, too. So uh, that's going to be a fun game uh, this coming Friday. We'll talk more about that as we get to it, though. Uh, Wes Craven and Aiden Grifton played uh, Friday night. And, uh, man, Paul Cornwell and Aiden Grifton kept it close for as long as they could. But then uh, Wes Craven, just too doggone good. They beat the Chargers 44-7. to uh, The Chargers are now 3-2 and overall, 0-1 in the conference. And happy birthday to Paul Cornwell. Uh, we'll say it here in the first hour, and you'll definitely get to hear about it in the second hour when we do the birthday game, too. But uh, Coach Cornwell celebrating his birthday today, uh, so happy birthday to him. Unfortunately, uh, his team didn't give him a good uh, birthday present this past Friday night as the Chargers fell, like I said, 44-7 to to Wes Craven. Uh, the Eagles of Wes Craven are now 2-3 and three overall. They're 1-0 and oh in the Eastern Plains 2A. And again, Chargers are 3-2, 0-1. and two, oh and one. I don't know what to say about this next one. Uh, Jones Sr., I, they may end up having to shut the season down. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I, I just I don't know. They lose again 58 to nothing to Lakewood. The Trojans still have not scored this season after yet another shutout. They've been outscored now 212 to nothing. They're giving up 54 points a game and, and even 54 points a game. They've not scored a point yet. Uh, uh, Lakewood is now four and one overall and, uh, man, just, a a bad night for the Trojans, uh, is it's been a bad season all season for them. North Lenore was off this past Friday night. Uh, as you know, they won, uh, earlier in the week at, at East Carteret. Uh, so they're now one and three overall Bethel Christian. They had their final, uh, off night of the season and they begin their season this week. In fact, let's look at the games that are going to be taking place this weekend. Bear in mind, we're not going to be doing any kind of previews today. I just want you to know what football games will be taking place Friday. Uh, we'll talk more in depth about this as we get on later on in the week. But our Davis Wholesale Tire game of the week is uh, the Knights of Kerry Christian against the Patriots of Parrot Academy. Two teams that have uh, just, <laughs> you heard, uh, if you listen to the pregame show uh, this past Friday, we kind of touched on it a little bit with Matt Beeman. And they've had some slobber knockers, man. I'm talking uh, Parrot Academy versus Kerry Christian. 
Kerry Christian is uh, just one of those underrated teams. Well, I can't really call them underrated. They won the state championship two years ago. So uh, <laughs> uh, they're the, they were the 2022 state champions, but they just seem to always fly under the radar. Uh, and uh, they get to come to Parrot Academy this coming Friday night. It should be a heck of a game. Can't wait to see. Uh, I, we haven't seen Parrot Academy yet. We were supposed to see them, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. And unable to because of uh, the tropical storm that came through and knocked everything or knocked all the games off the schedule. Anyway, didn't really uh, knock any uh, knock any limbs off or maybe a couple of leaves or something. But but we get to see Parrot Academy and not just this week. We get to see them next week too as they'll take on Father Capadano, a new eight man program. Uh, that'll be next week over at Hodges Field on the campus of Parrot Academy. So very much looking forward to that. Uh, but Carrie Christian two and three. At Parrot Academy, two and two, uh, the Knights come into that game on a two-game losing streak. It gets real for the Kinston Vikings uh, this Friday night. We'll kind of touch on it a little bit with Diesel when we talk to him in our second hour. But the Vikings coming off that uh, uh, that win against South Lenore this past Friday night, they travel to Beulahville to take on East Duplin. Uh, Kinston is three and two overall. They're one and zero in the East Central Two A. East Dublin uh, coming off a pretty impressive win against James Keenan. I got to tell you, man, I picked, I was the lone wolf that picked uh, James Keenan to beat East Dublin, and I should have known better, man. I'm telling you, they are doing something special over there this year in Beulahville. East Dublin is 5-0 and overall. They're 1-0 and in the conference. And here's what's crazy is, I mean, they lost like 20, 21 seniors from last year's state championship team, and I really – Honestly, thought well. There, I mean, obviously, you lose twenty or twenty-one seniors, you're going to have some uh, drop off. There's been no drop off over at East Duplin, and uh, again, Kinston gets to roll into there uh, Friday night, and we'll we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I think it'll be a pretty good game. I really do. Kinston's very young. East Duplin, though, like I said, just continuing to roll on. We'll see what happens that game. But that game again in Beulahville. Uh, the only other game in Lenore County, well, that's not true. There are three games in Lenore County this week, but the only public school game in Lenore County this Friday night is North Lenore opens their East Central 2A schedule after being off last week. They are 1-3 overall. They've, again, not played a game in the East Central yet, and they will take on Southwest Onslow, who is 1-4 overall. They're 0-1 in the conference. They lost against Wallace Rose Hill this past uh, Friday night. Uh, again, uh, that should be a pretty good game. Uh, I, I want to pick North and North so bad, but, uh, Greg Clements told me not to. So that'll be my excuse. Okay. That the reason why I'm not picking them, but we'll see, maybe I will. We'll see as we get closer to it. But <clears throat> again, <clears throat> North and North coming off that very impressive, uh, 58 to 16 victory. Or I'm sorry, 58 to 13 victory against East Carteret and, uh, Southwest Onslow. Uh, coming off their loss against Wallace Rose Hill. South Lenore is 1-4 overall. They're 0-1 in the league after that uh, loss to Kenston on Friday night. They travel to Teachy to take on Wallace Rose Hill, who is 2-3 overall and 1-0 in the conference. Uh, Green Central coming off. Uh, we've got a couple of Eastern Plain games, too. Uh, East or, uh, Green Central, who is 2-3 overall now, 1-0 in uh, Eastern Plains 2A, they travel to uh, Southwest Edgecombe, who defeated Farmville Central this past Friday night, gave Farmville Central their first loss of the year. <clears throat> Southwest Edgecombe is 3-2 and two overall. They are 1-0 and oh in the Eastern Plains 2A. Farmville Central travels to Aiden Grifton. Now, that's going to be an interesting game. I can't wait till the Rillo Discount Drugs pregame show on Friday to talk to uh, our good friend uh, Paul Cornwell, who, again, celebrating his birthday today. Uh, because remember he worked at Farmville central for a couple of years when he got out of coaching, this game is going to have a little bit extra special meaning for him. And I think it's going to be a pretty good game too. Farmville central is four and one overall. They're zero and one in league play. Uh, they're traveling to Aiden Grifton, who is three and two overall. They're zero and one in league play too, following that wet loss to West Craven. Uh, Jones senior is at home. Uh, they're zero and four overall. This will be a non-conference game. Against Union, who is one and four overall, uh, and I got to tell you, if Jones Senior is going to win one, this might be it. Union is not a very good team. They beat Spring Creek this past uh, Friday night, but Spring Creek uh, not a very good team in their own right. And then uh, finally, Bethel Christian Academy will uh, get to play their first official game. They did have a scrimmage 
early on this year, but uh, they will take on Wilson Community Christian. Uh, Bethel is 0-0, obviously, if it's their first game of the year. Wilson Community Christian is 2-3. and So uh, ready to see uh, what they've got over at Bethel Christian Academy uh, this year. Uh, so that's all your games this coming Friday night. Again, the Davis Wholesale Tire Game of the Week is Cary Christian at Parrot. Kinston is at East Duplin. North Lenore is at home against Southwest Onslow. South Lenore on the road at Wallace Rose Hill. Green Central on the road at Southwest Edgecombe. Aiden Grifton at home against Farmville Central. Jones Senior at home against Union. And Bethel Christian Academy at home against Wilson Community Christian. How about our down Eastwood Ducks, man? Uh, an amazing game Friday night. I've got to brag a little bit. I had a great time. I got to call with I got to call uh, the uh, Kenston South North game over at Kenston with Hall of Fame coach Jimmy Smith and Keith Spence and Jason Bryant. And then uh, when the game was over, packed everything up, and they were in extra innings over at Granger Stadium. So I beat feet from Viking Stadium over to Granger Stadium. Got to watch the uh, the top of the 11th inning. Uh, it, bases were loaded. The hated Carolina Mudcats had the bases loaded, but uh, the our, our Woody struck them out. And then got to watch a, got to watch the bottom of the 11th when we scored the winning run. Not only did we beat the hated Mudcats in that game, we knocked them out of the playoffs and we advanced. Yes, I'm saying we. Uh, the Down East Wood Ducks advanced to the championship series, the Carolina League championship series. Uh, against the Charleston River Dogs. Now, game one of that series was yesterday, and, oh, just heartbreaking. Uh, they kept it close. Uh, the Woodies did. They led 2 to nothing, went up 2 to nothing after the in the first inning. That would be all the runs they could get across the whole game, though, as uh, the, the River Dogs ended up winning that 4-2. to two. Uh, Both teams are off today. Game two of the series is tomorrow in Charleston. Then game three, if necessary, will be Wednesday in Charleston. And let me go ahead and tell you, if uh, the Down East Wood Ducks win Tuesday, then I will be going down for game three of the series on Wednesday. I'll do the show live from Charleston, South Carolina on Thursday. But our Woody's got to win first on uh, on Tuesday for that to happen. But I, I definitely want to get down there and uh, and support our Wood Ducks there on that game. So, uh, again, uh, the Woody's down one game to nothing in the best of three Carolina League Championship Series against a very, very, very good Charleston River Dogs team. Uh, LCC Volleyball, how about this? Uh, they uh, went to, I believe it was Elizabeth City. Pretty sure it was Elizabeth City. Let me know if I'm wrong, Ricky Whaley. But uh, they went They uh, went to Elizabeth City. They played uh, Mid-Atlantic Christian University and Christendom University uh, and swept them. Uh, not only just won both matches, won all six sets, uh, all three against Christendom, all three against Mid-Atlantic Christian University. And uh, they are now 6-3 and three overall, the Lancers are. They've got a couple of matches this week, including today. They uh, have a match at, at Central Carolina Community College today. And then Thursday, they play against Pitt Community College. We may try to get Shelly Barnes on here this week, Shelly and David Barnes, and maybe even get a player or two to come on later on this week as we get ready for uh, a home match against Pitt Community College. Uh, they, they're arch rivals here. I, I don't forget that, and I really haven't talked about it as much as I need to, but uh, I need to let you know the Jones County Heritage Festival. I'm uh, intimately involved in it. I'll be doing some emceeing out there this uh, coming uh, Saturday. And on top of it, too, I've just had a blast this uh, past week. Went and interviewed some uh, octogenarians uh, and a, even a 100-year-old a lady. Had a blast with that. So, uh, listen. Get out there this this Saturday. It begins early. Uh, there's going to be all kinds of uh, food vendors. There's going to be uh, a lot of activities. You'll get to watch these videos that uh, I recorded with these uh, old folks out there, and it was just a lot of fun. But that's this Saturday, the Jones County Heritage Festival. In fact, we'll have Jacob Morgan from uh, the Cooperative Extension Office that's going to be joining us here live on the show Wednesday morning. And I uh, may even have somebody on later on in the week to, uh, to talk about that. Hey, uh, let's get Mark Panicelli up here on the line with us. Let me tell you, for 65 years, LCC has helped men and women in our area tangibly improve their lives. LCC's mission is to meet the personal, cultural, and professional educational needs of its students through affordable, accessible, and innovative educational programs. LCC has its main campus in Kenston at 231 Highway 58 South, but it also has satellite campuses in Greene County and Jones County. Call LCC at 252-527-6223. Visit their website at lenorecc.edu or visit one of the beautiful campuses in Kinston, Snow Hill, or Trenton. 
to find out how you, that's right, you, Mark Panicelli, can change your life today. On the line with us right now, the dean of ENC Sports Talk host. He is the host of The Drive with Mark Panicelli, Monday through Friday, 5 to 6 p.m. on 252 ESPN, 107.5 throughout eastern North Carolina, and uh, definitely in Greenville uh, and New Bern and even here in Lenore County, too. And uh, I think I'm supposed to call you Mark Sterdamas this morning. Is that right? Uh, yeah, you can you can you can call me anything, Brian, uh, as long as the FCC is okay with it. There you go, uh, dude. <laughs> I got to give you credit, man. I mean, we as I was mentioning uh, early, early, early in my uh, uh, monologue here. You know, we do the home and home. You come on Monday mornings with me. I come on on Wednesdays with you. Well, typically, I come on Wednesdays. I had a, a public information officer thing I had to do this past Wednesday, so I was on your Thursday show, and we make uh, predictions. We, uh, you know, we have fun with that. I've done. I don't know how I did this past week, but I usually do pretty good in uh, in uh, NFL. But dude, you had the all timer, dude. I don't even want to steal your glory, man. I mean. I want you to tell everybody, and I thought, I got to tell you, man, I thought, did I not even suggest you needed some drug testing perhaps after you made this prediction? But I want you to tell everybody the prediction you made and how it came through for you, dude. Uh, you not only suggested uh, some sort of uh, testing, but um, of uh, narcotics, but perhaps mental stability, <laughs> um, uh, my, my confidence. To, to be doing show, uh, um, I said last week that my stone cold lock of the century of the week was to take the Commanders on the road against the Broncos plus three and a half, and to take them on the money line that we they'd also not only cover but they would win outright. And I was sweating it, Brian. It was twenty one <laughs> to three very early, and I was like, "Wow, I am the biggest idiot ever." Um, but the biggest Road comeback for Washington since 1990 as Sam Howell and the Commanders uh, win it. And, I mean, they, they made me earn it, too. That that Hail Mary at the end, <laughs> which was just absolutely insane by Russell Wilson, certainly made me sweat it a little bit. But, uh, whew, yeah, that was uh, that was a heck of a game. And uh, and, I, and I got that one right. And, uh, and, yeah, you did. We both have done pretty well. Yeah, in the NFL, we have one more game tonight. Uh, we are both three and one. Wow! Um, I got you on the uh, on the NFL. Uh, you uh, got me on the Ravens Bengals. I took the Bengals uh, minus three and a half there. That did not work out well. Uh, and I got you on the Commanders because you were convinced that the that the Broncos uh, were not going to uh, allow this Commanders win. So. Uh, we're both three and one. We're hoping the Saints uh, will, who are minus three tonight. That's who we both have tonight. But uh, for the week, we both went two and two in college. Um, so if you want to talk about the the year to date right now, I had a slim one game lead on you, and I still do right now. You're thirteen and nine on the season, uh, college and pro, and I am fourteen and eight on the season. So uh, that's where we stand right now. But we'll. We'll update everybody on uh, on Wednesday when you come on the show. But uh, right now, uh, pre pretty good week for both of us. And I mean, for you, uh, NFL wise, I mean, uh, it's pretty good. You are seven and two right now in the regular season. And tell everybody what I games. did in the preseason too. NFL. What were you? Twenty one and six, no, I believe. Sixteen or something, and five. Something like that? No, sixteen, 16 and five. And five. Oh, That's I it. wrote That's it down. It. Okay. I was so proud of it. So what? Sixteen and five, four and one last week, three and one so far this week, dude. And I've not made one one NFL bet, dude. I got, but, but we're not talking about me though, okay? We're talking about Mark Panicelli okay. here. No, in all sincerity, <laughs> hey, no, hey, hey, this is not a riff. How in the world, dude? And you were, you were just certain, you were sure, like you said, you caught it your stone cold lock of the season. You told everybody put your house payment. If you got a girlfriend, bet your relationship with her. If you got, <laughs> if you've recently had a child, bet your child on it. That was just for Paul, I guess, there. But uh, in all sincerity, dude, how in the world? I mean, I would never. I mean, the commanders barely beat. Well, dude, I watched them play Arizona, who, by the way, 
turning out Arizona's uh we knew they weren't going to be that good and we'll, we'll get to them in a moment because I definitely want to give I can't believe we're going to have Cardinals talk this morning here on the show but uh but the commanders just barely beat the Cardinals at home in front of their first sellout crowd in 20 years or whatever dude how what convinced you there had to have been something that jumped out at you Mark and you just said listen I got to take the commanders what was it that encouraged you to put your life on the line the way you did <laughs> well, I actually thought that, uh, you know, it's, I thought they actually looked fairly good on both sides of the ball. Uh, and more importantly, it's what I didn't see out of the Denver Broncos uh, in their first game and in the second game. They they almost did the same thing they did in week one. They are very good in the first part of the game where it looks like they've got scripted plays I think Russell Wilson to start off that game looked like he was going to set the world on fire. And then as the game got on, the, the Washington was able to adjust. Uh, Denver uh, struggled. And, and again, we go back, this, it, it should have been more like the 35-24 score uh, minus that Hail Mary at the end, um, uh, so to speak. But, but, but that being said, I, just, I think it was really just more what I saw in the Broncos or what I did see in the Broncos that made me feel like the commanders could go in there. They've got, a, a, I think, a slightly above average defense in Washington. Um, and uh, I'm not ready to say Sam Howell's an all-pro quarterback, but he'll be serviceable. <laughs> and and they're going to make some plays on offense. Believe it or not, they've got uh, – I love Robinson in the backfield there. Um, and they've got a little bit of depth at running back. But I think it's probably their best collection of receivers – uh, that have where they are right now uh, in a while, so they're 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 going to be in the conversation with the NFC, kind of missing uh, the the depth that they that the AFC has as far as playoff contenders. But uh, I like what I see from Washington so far. But really, the decision was really based on what I didn't see from Denver, the, the week two, and still don't see them uh, after two weeks. I, I listen, you can't see it right now, but I'm bowing down to you, okay? And I mean that in all sincerity, dude. There is nobody. Uh, there's nobody on this planet, I think, probably outside of the commander's locker room, other than Mark Panicelli, who had uh, the commanders going into Denver and winning that game. How about the NFC East, though, dude? They're, the NFC East is now 7-1, and one, and that one loss was an intra-division uh, loss uh, with uh, Dallas being the New York Giants. Dude, I mean, I know, okay, I know the first uh, Monday of the season is always overreaction Monday. I think I need to have – you're going to have to tamp me down a little bit right now, Mark, because is the best division in football the NFC East? Um, I – not a horrible question. Uh, it may be too early to say that. I, I I think the AFC East minus the Jets. I mean, gosh, if you'd have seen this team with Aaron Rodgers, I, I may have been convinced that that was – the top division, but you look at the NFC uh, as a conference. I was just talking about how it's not as deep as the as the AFC. Last year, the NFC put three teams in the playoffs, and right now, there's no reason not to believe that they won't do it again this year with uh, with the way that they 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 started off. I mean, Dallas looks like uh, you know if you're a Dallas fan right now, I know in a certain section of their fan base is buying <laughs> Super Bowl tickets as we speak. But but the, but they look really obviously, um, you know Philadelphia is is uh, is two and zero and looks like they could get better. Washington two and zero. So I mean, right now, the, the, without a question, I'll say they're the best division. In hey, and as wise top to bottom, they may be the best in the NFL right now. Mark, you're coming in a little – you're breaking up a little bit there. I don't know if it's the hamster wheel uh, on my side. I don't know if it's uh, uh, a bad cell tower in the, in the greater Vanceboro area, but uh, if you're holding your head wrong. But uh, can you hear me all right? I hear you perfectly, sir. Uh, okay, now you're coming in perfect there. Yeah, And you were making some good points, and we couldn't hear everything. It, just for uh, our edification, if you don't mind, just kind of uh, repeat what you said there because we only got about 50% of it. All right, and I'll try to condense it. <laughs> I think I think top to bottom, 
without question, the NFC East is the most competitive division in the in the NFC. Um, and I think right now, as I said, if we're going to go from top to bottom in the league, probably without question. But they put three teams in the league in the in the playoffs last year. Did did the NFC East, and and right now looks like especially the way that conference is balanced. It's hard to believe that they won't do it again this year. Well, there you go. How about uh, – I do. We've got to talk about uh, the Giants. Uh, I mean, our – or that, a little bit of speaking English here, Brian. The uh, the Commanders-Broncos game, that was a heck of a comeback in two different ways. I mean, the Commanders came back from being down 21-3. to Then they go up by 11, and then we saw that Furies come back at the end for uh, the Broncos that very nearly resulted in an overtime game. But what about the New York Giants? I mean, I know I was messaging with uh, Richard Clark yesterday about this, and especially the way the Giants got hammered in game one, 40 to nothing by the Cowboys. Then they're down, what, 28 to seven against uh, a putrid Arizona Cardinals team, which is supposed to be the worst team in football. I mean, Vegas, before the season, declared that they were going to have the worst record in football. Then they're up 28 to seven, but man, the Giants rally all the way back. They win that. What does that tell you? Are the are the Giants maybe going to be all right? Are, are the Cardinals really that bad they, that they had to give up there at the end because they want to have the first overall pick? Your thoughts on that uh, that Giants Cardinals game? Yeah, um, I think that one the uh, Cowboy fans are happy to see that the Giants won because they want that win, week one win to be validated uh, because the, a lot of people respond, oh, well, the Giants, we knew the Giants were hot garbage. <laughs> uh, and they, and that, that still rang true for a large portion of that game before they came back against the Cardinals. Um, as far as the Cardinals still being the, or maybe being the worst team in the league, I mean, they are tied for the worst record in the league uh, so far. So they might be. Uh, I don't know. I, I still think, you know, a lot of what we're saying is is week two, and so there's a long NFL season to go. Um, but, but you know, I'm not convinced that the Giants – and this is the real problem. Saquon Barkley went down in that game. So as good as you feel as a Giants fan right now, you can't feel too good because your best offensive weapon is, is now – and is who's had injury problems. And, and now may be facing that again uh, in the future. But, uh, yeah, I think the Giants still, I don't know how good they are. And I don't know if they just came back against a team that shouldn't have been uh, that far ahead to start off with. But, uh, I mean, right now, if you're a Giants fan, you're, you're again, celebrating. Week one was horrible. It looked like you were going to fall into an 0-2 hole. Um, so, um, but but I say I'm, I'm sure most Giants fans, aren't feeling great about it because ultimately you're one and one. You almost lost to the Cardinals and you've lost Saquon Barkley. So um, while there's some optimism in a lot of places, I don't know that the Giants are necessarily Giants fans are as optimistic as they could be. Another one of the results that just shocked me yesterday and the sec, one of the sexy picks to win the AFC and even uh, you and I talked about this last week. Uh, Bill Simmons, who I, you know, I admire a lot, and I think you do too. And I listen to everything he puts out on the Ringer Podcast Network. He picked the Cincinnati Bengals to win the Super Bowl this year, and I'm not saying they still can't, mm-hmm. but I tell you, a tough 27-24 loss at home, and now the Bengals are 0 and 2 going into Week Three. Well, that's one I didn't see. I mean, I just did not. Uh, it's another one of those you put a gun to my head. I would have thought the Bengals at the very least would be one and one, but oh and two. I, I should we be overreacting about the Bengals, Mark? No, because they they were they started oh and two last year. Okay, and uh, and made and made the play. So uh, it looks like that this could be the way that they you know start off. And I mean, it was so identical to last year. Remember the Joe Burrow didn't play in the preseason because of a napendectomy. Uh, and this year he had the injury in training camp. So they've gotten off to slow starts. And then you look at the, that game yesterday, they made it close uh, at the end. And you look at a play here or there, certainly more competitive. I wouldn't hit any panic button if I'm Cincinnati. Their defense isn't as good as it has been in years past. 
so they're going to need their offense to step up for sure. But uh, um, I, I'm not. I wouldn't be hitting any panic button yet if I, if I were a Cincinnati fan. Or I guess a Charger fan, if you want to talk about another there AFC There you go. Team hey, well, how about uh, that for a perfect segue? Tennessee, I got to tell you, I like Tennessee. I really do. I'm not real impressed with Tannehill, obviously. But uh, I tell you what, Tennessee, they took care of business yesterday. Uh, they win in overtime against, I about said San Diego, against the L.A. Chargers 27-24. to 24, And like, the Chargers were another one of those sexy picks that, you know, hey, uh, you know, with Justin Herbert, with Austin Eckler and all this. Now, Eckler was out yesterday, and then, like I said, they yeah. end up losing 27-24. Are you panicking if you're a Chargers fan at 0-2? Um, <laughs> no, you know, I don't – the Chargers fan the, – the Chargers seem to be the Chargers. I, and I, I'm I'm starting to feel like that, that they just have this identity that's that stuck with them from San Diego to LA, from 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 Fouts to Rivers to to, to Herbert. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you a stat. Tell me this: this doesn't blow your mind. So after losing this game yesterday, this is now three straight games that the Chargers have lost consecutively by three points or less. And I just find that to be hard to believe. The Chargers have not lost three straight. It feels like their entire lives are, <laughs> well, last last drive of the game, we need a field goal to tie. It feels like the Chargers should have done this before. Um, they always seem to, and I think last year, uh, seven of their wins were, um, were, were one-score games. And, I mean, they just – and I think that's the bulk of the NFL, to be honest with you. I think there were 10 or 11 one-score games yesterday. And I think, you know, when you break it down, the NFL is won or lost so many times on the last drive, on the last five minutes of a game. And the Chargers always seem to be they, – they are perpetually in that. They, it feels like every game they are playing in that. So – I don't think so because I think they're still going to be right there in some games. I think they just need to figure out how to be on the other end of it, uh, similar to Cincinnati in that in that regard. But, man, it just feels like as long as I've watched the Chargers play and whatever incantation they send me, good years, bad years, it just feels like they are always in games that are coming down to the last drive uh, to, uh, to decide the outcome. And, um, and it's – we've got to think that we're going to see that forever going forward with them. How much money do you think I could have made if I had said that the in the NFC South that the Atlanta Falcons and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would both be perfect after two weeks, dude? I think I could have won a, a few jelly beans, a few shekels on that, don't you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but, 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 uh, but again, I think that we kind of knew that was going to be wide open to some degree, right? Uh, but, but, but am I surprised? Yes. Um, and I'll tell you, they're doing, the Falcons are doing it in spite of the fact that I don't think they've got a great quarterback in Desmond Ritter. Um, I actually am still impressed with Jordan Love for the Packers, um, in the first two games that he started this year, uh, despite the fact they lost. But the Falcons have a pretty good, you know, an okay defense, a decent defense. It's still very early. Um, but, uh, as a uniform nerd, I just want to say, I think the Falcons should always wear that uniform, the red helmet, the oh, black yeah. Jersey. That's the classic Atlanta Falcon. Look, I love that. I do too. I got to tell you though. I, I don't know. I'm a little partial to the Jerry Glanville, uh, black, you know, black uniforms with the red, uh, you know, the, the red trim on oh, the yeah. numbers and everything. It re reminds me of not just Jerry Glanville, but Dion too, which we're going to, I want to get to Dion here in a little bit, dude, our last one. Uh, well, I do want to talk some Carolina Panthers since nine sixty bet on the bull is your home for Carolina Panthers football. And it will be tonight. Uh, in fact, as soon as pretty much almost as soon as we get off the air with our replay of this show today, uh, you'll go into the pregame show with, uh, with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, how big is that? Well, I do have to ask that. I mean, if they lose tonight, if the Panthers lose, and listen, no one's got any sort of, you know, the Panthers are going to make a Super Bowl run or anything like that. But if they want to stay in this race, taking on New Orleans, if they lose tonight, they're two games in. 
And they're two games behind the rest of the division. Not just one team, not just two teams, but the Falcons, the Bucks, and the Saints. It makes it a little bit more important for the Panthers tonight, doesn't it? It does. Man, I'm going to suggest something, and nobody's going to like this, okay? <laughs> oh, okay. Nobody's going to like this, okay? If you're a Panther fan, you're about to really make an ugly face at me on Monday. So, you guys – Stop thinking about this year. Stop all together. Oh Stop thinking about oh what boy. your record's going to be. You said, hold on. No, no, no. I said, oh, boy. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, he said, oh, boy. Okay. Yeah. So listen. <laughs> uh, okay. So what you need, what, what, what Panthers need to see is growth every week by this team. I really think they should look at next year as a legitimate year. I think you can compete in the NFL. Um, as I, you know, to not to go back and recant everything I said, but if you can put yourself in that position to 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 make some plays at the end of a game to win a game, and that's where the that's where the Panthers want to be right now. Um, and I'm not saying they can't be at some point this year, but right now, what you really, really, really want to see is not wins and losses, but what you want to see is that the guy you drafted number one at quarterback is actually developing into a pro quarterback. So whether they finish the year with two wins or eight wins or ten wins is as irrelevant as – because, look, if you if you win ten games this year and Bryce Young looks like a, just a complete dumpster fire, you still have the same question to answer. Well, who's going to be quarterback? Seems like we've got a good team. But I think the most important thing is, as a Panther fan this year, you've got a new coach. Some new pieces, some new pieces, and I think you want to see this team get better each week. So, what I want to see from them is them competing with the Saints, who I still think are the team to beat in this division. And so, uh, again, it's so early in the NFL season for us to freak out and burn everything down <laughs> like they're doing in Greenville uh, this, this this Monday. Relax a little bit. They take a page from the old Aaron Rodgers playbook. And really what, what you really want to focus on is seeing this. You want to see this quarterback look like he belongs in the National Football League. And that's the important thing for the Panthers this year. Well, if we never do this or we shouldn't anyway, but two games into the uh, 2023 season, I am going to declare. Are you ready for me to make a dec- declaration? Absolutely. The MVP of the NFL two weeks in is a, a quarterback for the Miami Dolphins who I cannot pronounce his last name, Tua Tagliogi. <laughs> but, dude, he did it again. I mean, against – hey, listen, I kept hearing, well, you know, yeah, he threw for 466 in week one, you know, against the Chargers. Right, right, right. But he's going to play a real defense this week against the New England Patriots. Well, I tell you what, dude, he looked pretty doggone good. 21 for 30, 249, a touchdown, one interception. But, uh, hey – to it to in my eyes and i know I, it's not going to say i'm not going to have to twist your arm too hard for this i don't think but in my opinion he's the mvp of the league after two weeks your thoughts there mark panicelli oh man um, you know i, I want to say uh, funny is being men of a certain age as we are when you <laughs> when you have like it's like I'm 50 I should have been aware of some things like a long time ago about myself and I noticed I don't enjoy watching the Dolphins like I love this team with all my heart but I don't it's, I've never seemed to enjoy it I'm always uptight intense. I feel like a coach um yeah I mean so I'm really trying to enjoy it now uh this was a recent last couple of years now mind you they've been terrible for 20 years so maybe that's part of the reason why I haven't enjoyed it but I, I do love this team. Slow your roll a little bit. I, I love that. I would hope that this is a conversation we're still having later in the year. Um, I think Tua looks like he put in a lot of work. Where I'm most impressed with him this year is it looks like he has done a great job at understanding Mike McDaniel's playbook and reading and making decisions quick and getting rid of the football. I think he's done a great job at that, and he's improved on that uh, tremendously. So, uh, you know, these first two weeks, uh, those are the things I've noticed from him. 
but boy, they they made it interesting two weeks in a row, right? I mean, the, the Patriots pushed them towards the end last week, and um, but I'm happy. I'm a happy Dolphin fan. I'm trying to enjoy myself right now, and and but we were two and zero last year, so you know, again, breathe a little bit and let's let's remember what I'm really most today, Brian. <laughs> yes. I am sleep deprived. <laughs> I, 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 so Friday night I had a high school game, so I come home and I got a little bit of that, you know, Friday night adrenaline. So I got to come down from that. So I get in bed a little bit late. Busy Saturday, and I decided to partake in this Colorado game, which doesn't end until Sunday morning, very, yes. very late in the Sunday and morning. A and heck I was of a fr- game too. It was wild, man. It was wild, and so I, I was up for all four hours and twenty eight minutes of that on. Uh, on Saturday, and then of course uh, watching the Dolphins. So um, I'll be suffering from temporary narcolepsy the first couple of days of this week, uh, where I just instantly fall asleep because I'm, my body's going to need some naps here. Um, but uh, it has been a, it has been a fun week, with the exception of the ECU Pirates. I would say that has been a, it's been a, it's been an okay week for me as far as. Uh, as far as the week, other other than not getting enough sleep, but go Dolphins and um, and uh, and and go Colorado. How about those? How about that Deion Sanders? Uh, Deion Sanders, he's turned into a, a heck of a coach. I was wondering what would happen when they finally had a close game, and on top of it, I mean, they trailed a lot of that game Saturday. Uh, I actually, I didn't, I wasn't committed to it, but I went to bed. Because I was trying to make myself go to bed early, whatever, on Saturday. Well, not early, but, you know, 11, 11.30 on a Saturday night. And then I made myself get back up. In fact, what I did was I uh, put it on my phone and watched it on my phone in bed all the way through uh, the end of that game. So, uh, what a heck of a game, man. I tell you what, what had, what is the secret to his success? I mean, I, we're not just going to talk W's and L's here, but... Dude, he did it at Jackson State with a perennially bad program. He's now done it at Colorado with a program. You do realize the over-under Vegas gave was three and a half wins before the season started, obviously. It's it's up more than that now. But they, Vegas said he was going to win, you know, either three or four games this year. He's already wore th- won three, and they're not going to lose nine in a row, are they? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I think they'll come down to earth. I think this game showed a lot of where they're going to have some struggles this year for sure. And, um, but I, I don't know what the secret to success is other than Deion Sanders. I, as I've said, one of the things I like most about Deion is if whether you like him or, or don't like him, his style or the way he is. He's been that way his entire life, and he's genuine. And he seems to be. There's not a lot of. I mean, there's not a lot of Deion Sanders uh, bad stuff out there. He seems to um, have a, a staunch record of um, of, of being a, a genuine, real person. So I think that probably resonates with kids because I think uh, you know young people can see through uh, you know people who you know might not be exactly who they uh, portray to be and and there's a lot of imposters in coaching we know that right oh i love the kids i love the kids <laughs> yeah I, yeah i can tell you do coach um but but that being said um i don't know but uh he's he was an incredible um player uh baseball and football and he was i, I thought he was pretty good as a commentator in the time that he's done television um, and now that he's doing uh, college coaching, I think he's going to do great. I do think they'll come down to earth, but I think they've got a potential to be a bowl team this year, which is you were talking about. I don't think anybody saw that. Uh, and I more would... importantly, he, uh, more importantly, though, I, I think he's creating – what's interesting is how he turned that program around. And, I mean, you saw the kids who were there from 7.30 in the morning for college game day and stayed all the way through that entire long process. And I think, you know, look, the top athletes, the top recruits in the country are going to see that. They're going to want to be a part of it. And so I think the the sky's the limit for him as far as, um, you know, what he can do in college coaching. But right now he's the most – I mean, he is uh, – it's all it's, it's all anybody's talking about on Saturdays is when's the Colorado game. And 
it's weird, but uh, hey, I was all there for it on Saturday night, and I wasn't going to, but I was up for that NASCAR race, and after Denny Hamlin made me spit drink everywhere uh, with his comments <laughs> at the end of the race, I I was up and I started watching the Colorado game, and I, I couldn't, I, I, you know, like a good book, I couldn't put it down, so. I love it. Absolutely. Well, let's segue over to uh, ECU and I mean, uh, the pirates, mm. they lead early, uh, 28, 22 in the set. Or in fact, they led at halftime. They lead 28, 22. What with 10 minutes or so left in the third quarter. And then the offense dried up. In fact, it dried up at the end of the first half. This is just not a second half team. I mean, first one thing we've learned about them in the Marshall game showed. In fact, I mean, I don't even look back at Michigan. Michigan is what it is. I mean, that that is what it is. But with the Marshall game and uh, this game too, I mean, they led after three quarters against Marshall. They led at halftime against uh, Appalachian. Man, they they've got to find some way to put some points on the board in the in not just in the second half, but all together again. Just two touchdowns offensively scored in that 43-28 to 28 loss up in Boone. How worried are you? 1-10, to 10, Mark Panicelli. Uh, one, you're not worried at all. This team is going to go 8-4, and 7-5 and five and make it to a bowl. Or 10, you are worried <laughs> to death. You can't sleep. They may not win a game this year, including this weekend against Gardner-Webb. Where does Mark Panicelli stand? 1-10. to 10. <laughs> Um... <laughs> Uh, maybe more on the, I, I still, look, I really want to believe that they may have played their best three teams of the season right other now. Than, other than SMU, cause SMU is pretty damn good too. Other, other than SMU. Yep. And, um, so look, I, right now I'm, I'm trying to cling to that, like trying to cling to dear hope. And I know there's fans that are not. And I understand where you are. Uh, and this Gardner-Webb game, to me, is, is a much better – and I, I hate this. I hate to tell everybody this, but here's, here's where we are right now. Is I feel like everybody – remember Scotty Montgomery's last year? <laughs> um, why, would you, why would you bring that memory back up? I, I don't want to bring that up. I only bring <laughs> that up because of this. If there were any doubt – going into that year that was was Scotty Montgomery going to be back or not going to be back or whatever. The first game of, of his final year, they played North Carolina A&T and lost. And uh, in the following week, beat North Carolina, by the way, 41-19. to uh, And later that year, Scotty Montgomery was fired. But I remember being in the stadium that day and sort of the, the, the day that they lost to the A&T and it, that was sort of the feeling. That was that was the okay. This isn't going to work feeling. And I look. I don't make decisions on on coaches and 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 what's going on in Greenville. And I know you know. I think a lot of people wouldn't even have thought Mike Houston would have been in any hot seat at all this year. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't know that anybody had that on their on their bingo card. Uh, because they came off such a good year last year, but it's not looked good. And this Gardner Webb game is to me going to be like if for Mike Houston and 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 a hot seat and where people are going to really freak out. Because I, I, as for me right now, I, I'm sort of I'm more of a look. I, I'm going to be a Pirate fan regardless. It doesn't matter. Right now, it doesn't look good, and it looks like you're going to have to try to salvage what you can of this season. I'm with you. I hope they've played some of their toughest games and they can find a way to find six, seven wins and get in a bowl, et cetera. But I want to see what happens against Gardner-Webb, how they compete and how they win. It's – look, I think I think that's, that's big. And Gardner-Webb has looked good. Yes, uh, they have. Parts of the season this year. So, so just like that NCA&T team was a fairly competitive team, um, there's no gimmies in college football, but I, I really put, can I put this? I put an asterisk for this. And I, so I've done this for, this is the third straight week I'm doing this. And I agree with you, Michigan, I can, I can write it off. Yeah. But the first two weeks I've come back and I've said, well, I don't know, maybe, yeah, we, that was a pretty good team they just played or that was a pretty good. And so now I've done it. Now, if I, ha, I, I can't do it for the fourth week. If I'm coming in here and they are 0-4, 
then I'm probably hitting the panic button and I'm ready to give you a little bit of a rant or what's going to happen thing. So I think right now, for the players, for the coaches, I mean, the, it, this is not what anybody wants to, to hear because we use this phrase all the time, like, well, NC State is their Super Bowl. You, you, you ever hear this phrase? Oh, Man, yeah. Gardner Webb, Gardner Webb is your Super Bowl this week. And most coaches always say that every week. They go, they're all big games. You try losing one. Yeah, well, you. it's been a tough start to the season, but if they come out on Saturday and don't win, whatever's not burning in Greenville will soon <laughs> to be set ablaze uh, soon enough. So that's kind of where I feel you, about if, it. Right if now. they were to lose, and listen, I, I have no – I feel as solid about this one as I did about that Denver-Washington game in the NFL, okay, that uh, there's no way ECU loses Gardner-Webb. I mean, I'm throwing, I'm putting it out there. I'm speaking it into existence there, Mark Panicelli. No okay. freaking way that they lose to Gardner-Webb. I mean, it may be a closer game than they even want, but there's no way. I mean, they win this thing. I think the, the offense fi- finally shows up. I think it'll be uh, – they're going to score 40-plus points. I think it'll be uh, – I'm even going to say 42 to 14. I think it's going to be okay. the final, something like that. But having said that, let me say this, Mark Panicelli. And we, tell you what. Hey, let's hear Brent Musburger say my name real quick. i got to do a station ID, okay? Absolutely. This is your home for the Brian Hanks Show and the VSIN Sports Network. Bet on the bull, WRNS Kinston. Uh, you know that gives me uh, special tingles in all my special areas when I hear that, right? You are listening live. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Jason Bryant just uh, messaged, too, while we were doing that. He said, Hanks with a kiss of death for ECU. No. Hey, listen, anybody wants to make that <laughs> bet with me, I will. Listen, I will make that bet. There is no way, no how, no any way that ECU loses to Gardner-Webb. And, I, I mean, I and I'm, it's not a riff. I sincerely 100% believe that. Dude, if ECU loses to Gardner-Webb, I will do my – what can I do? Help me here, Mark. I mean, we're over the into the second hour, so help me here. What, 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 can, what, what, what can I guarantee that I will do if uh, – I would say do the show naked, but I do that already. You know, I mean, uh, what, what else could I <laughs> – what, what else could I do, dude? Mm. Don't do that. Don't do that one. <laughs> well, that's why. Um, but we're not video like you are sometimes. So uh, that that's the right, good thing, right, okay? right. Uh, I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> you have to wear an eye patch for an entire ECU game. How about that? <laughs> what? <laughs> but it's a pirate. It's a pirate school. I mean, you know. Oh my god! And I don't think it's... people really realize. Have you ever tried to wear an eye patch? It's irritating. I never have. You don't I realize you, how dependent you are on that other eye. Yeah, that's. A, so, I don't. I don't need to be doing that. I'm trying to get my mind ready, my body ready for October 13th <laughs> in Vegas for you two. Hey, we, I, I'll come up with something before the end of the week. You know what? Okay. Hey, even better, I'll come up with something before I do the home and home with you uh, Wednesday afternoon, okay? But I, I'm going to come up with something. Jason, help me out here. Keith Spence. How about full pirate regalia for a tailgate? <laughs> Can we get you dressed up like in the full, you know, like in the full, like a puffy shirt, you know, and a, and maybe a big hat or something like that? <laughs> kind of look God. like Captain Morgan or something like that? Yeah, but I mean, shouldn't I be doing something anti-pirate though? If the pirates lose, no, you should look like a pirate and take the punishment. You should, <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you should own it because you are saying they're going to win this thing. So if you're going to be a pirate, Brian, be a pirate. If you're going to be a pirate, be a pirate. Hey, I didn't see this. I hadn't even looked at Vegas yet. Uh, Jason said uh, Vegas is saying ECU's only three and a half point favorites against Gardner Webb. Dude, I don't know. That's a little scary to me. Uh, okay. Talk amongst yourselves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm going to look at my book real quick. Very good. Well, um, I got to get I, I got to get 30 to 45 <laughs> seconds of uh, of NASCAR talk out of you too, as we've gone to the uh, you you watched the race Saturday night. We're down to uh, the to 12 racers that are now racing for the championship. So while you're looking for that, I'll just I, I got to tell you uh, the fact that it, it blew my mind that three. Uh, that three Fords of what? There were five Fords going into the Sweet 16 or the the field of 16. Three of the four that got eliminated Friday night or uh, Saturday night were uh, were uh, Fords, and I, that just kind of surprised me a little bit. 
Uh, yeah, I, I was, I, I was, and uh, and it, so uh, for them to be eliminated, the Blue Ovals to be eliminated, uh, tough. But look, don't you think Ford's had a tough season uh, oh, when it comes they to have. that? Uh, and and so uh, I think without question, it's a a hit the. I mean, the positives are uh, that the Roush Fenway Keslowski team got better as the year went on, but it was really the Stewart Haas team was. I think way off from from their usual self, and, yeah. and Pinsky wasn't as uh, for Joey Logano again, the defending champion, uh, not being able to defend that. And again, towards the end or towards these, as we hit the playoffs, playoffs. they weren't amongst the playoffs. Yeah, they they <laughs> they weren't amongst the 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 cars that were right up there in the top five or top six, uh, you know, with regularity. And so, I think it's a definite off season where Ford needs to. To, to, to work on some things, especially in the uh, short and inter- uh, the, the intermediate game, the mile and a half kind of track that you're going to see the bulk of the uh, of, of the schedule. But uh, definitely not a banner year for the for the boys in the Blue Ovals. Well, there you go. Well, uh, Bubba making it though. I mean, I, I I still and I know he's trying to make himself the bad guy, and well, he doesn't need to make himself. He is sort of the bad guy to a lot of uh, NASCAR fans, but man, just, you know, I don't know. You know what? That's a conversation for another day. Maybe we can delve into that in the home and home with you. Cause I've got to get off. Uh, we got to get uh, Ryan diesel Geisman up here on the line with us. Mark Panicelli, you are the man. Thank you so much for getting up with us early here on a Monday morning and doing the show, especially you and your sleep deprived state. Hey, dude, dude, go, go lay back down, man. Grab you a little nappy nap. Okay. Hey, uh, I beat your favorite driver. Uh, yes, you did. All of them. <laughs> yes, you did. All of them. Uh, that was a great text message. That was a great text you sent to Paul and I. Listen no, I didn't say that. Denny Hamlin said that. I know, I know, but you're echoing him. So, uh, 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 hey, I did pick him. I did pick him to win the race too. Well, very good. Uh, let, let's get your official prediction real quick. And I know we uh, just real quick ECU uh, Gardner Webb because Jason is going to help me. Uh, Oh my God! Jason Bryant said, "I have to buy a bulldog if Gardner Webb wins." Oh, I love that, dude! I'm a bulldog <laughs> lover. Uh, yes, yes, let's do this. Um, <laughs> by the way, so uh, ECU twenty eight, Gardner Webb thirteen. There you go, Mark Panicelli. You are the man, dude. Oh, real quick, Newburn Havelock. I can't believe, man. I heard that was a hell of a game Friday night. Literally twenty seconds, dude. 15 to 14, an epic battle, defensive battle, basically decided by a kick return for a touchdown. Uh, it was unbelievable. Uh, those two teams always seem to find a way to pull out uh, just some of the most classic showdowns, and that was the case on uh, on Friday night. But Newburn edges out Havelock to hand the Rams their first loss of the season. Bears still undefeated. Play undefeated Jacksonville this Friday. Dude, heck of a game. Dude, Mark, thank you so much, my friend. You're welcome. There you go. That's Mark Panicelli here on uh, on uh, nine sixty bet on the dot com. Uh, we're going to get Ryan Diesel Geeselman up here on the line with us uh, here in just a few moments. But again, want to thank uh, Mark Panicelli for joining us here in the first hour. Just a recap again from Friday night, and you know what? We will get into that right now. We're going to give him a call here in just a moment. But thank you so much for listening to the first hour plus of today's uh, Brian Hanks show presented by Lenore Community College. Uh, If you missed the first hour, you missed a fun hour. But again, we're going to have Ryan Diesel-Gieselman joining us here in just a few seconds as we are getting him up here on the line with us right now. On the Brian Hanks show presented by our good friends over at Lenore Community College.